Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, your host. Joining me today from beautiful Lake Tahoe, one of my favorite people in the industry, Mr. Jerry Reynolds. What's going on, JR? Well, not a lot. You know, just obviously enjoying uh, my time up here with uh, Mrs. Reynolds and the beautiful weather, although, of course, it's beautiful in, in Sacramento area as well. So uh, it's a good time, good time. Watching a lot of basketball, enjoying it. But finally, you know, not they got the really nothing but the good teams left. Jerry, let's start there. We're down to the final eight teams. the the good The good teams are left here in the NBA playoffs, and there's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, it does look like the one playoff series that might not go as deep as the other ones is the one that was a marquee matchup: the Golden State Warriors against the Houston Rockets. But what are you liking so far that you've seen? out of all these playoffs, just sort of the competition, the level of play that we're seeing so far? Well, I, I think uh, as much as anything, just the, the, that the depth of the talent really of the teams left. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, from a talent standpoint, I still think, you know, like most people, that the Warriors are a notch above everybody. But, but really, you could almost go the next seven, and there's not, not much gap. And I'm not saying even the, the gap is probably a little less than it was last year with the Warriors. I mean, uh, if Brogdon gets back with Milwaukee, I mean, they're obviously very talented. You know, you see Philly with their starting five. is, You know, they haven't been together long, but boy, talent-wise, uh, they match up pretty well with anybody. And, and then, you know, we've talked to, you know, I've talked about Boston all year long, how certainly disappointing they have been but when they when they get it right and get on the same page, uh, boy, they're they're a tough out. Yeah, Jerry, Boston is a team with just a ton of talent, and it's really confusing. You know what happened here? Uh, the last couple of seasons, injuries has have absolutely killed them. This year, of course, they've got the Marcus Smart injury to deal with. It looks like he's coming back pretty soon. Uh, but it really would be surprising if this is a team that represents the Eastern Conference, which is completely shocking because. A year or two ago, this team looked like they were going to be a, I don't know, a perennial yeah, absolutely. And you know, as you time. you pointed out exactly, how, you know, they they they've been underachievers uh, throughout the season, and I mean, it seemed like whether it's uh, a lot of the guys were on the same page. I think with, you know, with Kyrie, you know, kind of trying to impose his will a little bit, maybe too much for a while, uh, but it does seem uh, it seems more recently that uh, they are, even though they had a bad game or Kyrie in particular, the last outing, uh, I, I think they're, I think they are kind of who we thought they were going to be. And I, I think it's going to take a, I wouldn't be surprised to see a seven game series there. And I think it, you know, I'm, I'm honestly pulling for Milwaukee. I just enjoy small market teams succeeding, but, uh, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, Milwaukee's going to have to be at their best to, to win the series. Now, Jerry, we watched some of the most incredible heroics uh, that we've seen in a long time. You know, Damian Lillard has been absolutely incredible. 
he's willed his team into the second round. It seems like almost single-handedly wiped out OKC. Uh, you know, he had that incredible 37-footer that just, like, brought down the house. Uh, that game, that series is now tied at two apiece. It really does look like it could go for a while. Uh, but what are you liking so far that you're seeing from that series, whether it's Lillard, whether it's Nikola Jokic really become sort of a star big man, uh, Michael Malone having a, a great run, you know, calling a lot of the right numbers at the right time. Uh, just really, that's going to be a fun series all the way through. Well, you know, that whole series, I, I'm kind of like Kevin McHale. I, I was, you know, he was getting so excited about it. it. was such a physical, almost throwback kind of game the other night. And uh, certainly, you know, with, uh, you know, Portland able to win, even with Lillard not being Lillard, you know. I mean, I think the, the Nuggets did a nice job on him. But, uh, you know, it those two teams, they're very different. Uh you know, with Jokic, you got you, you basically got a point center. Uh, you know, you don't see that very often. Uh, you almost have to go back to the Bill Walton days at Portland uh, for that, in a sense. And really, two guards that are both really guards are not either one point guards. And then, of course, with Portland, you almost got the opposite. You've got a true point lead guard that uh, everything emanates from him. And so it just makes for uh, really some intriguing matchups. And, you know, will the... Uh, the great uh, young center be able to lead his team uh, to the win or will the great uh, guard and Lillard who is now I think established nationally that he is one of the elite you know half dozen players in the league now yeah to me that series has been just so much fun to watch going back and forth uh, now Jerry when you look at the Golden State Houston series um, it's almost like the the officiating i don't even think it's the the officiating it's the question about officiating has kind of overshadowed uh a 2-0 advantage from the warriors but really what what's been very entertaining and and kind of uh it, it's a series that it's must see tv but it doesn't look like it's going to go deep just because the warriors just keep coming up big when they need to um, are you okay with the way that this has been officiated when you look at, uh, you know, all of the complaints that have come from both sides? Well, I'll, I'll say yes in a short. I mean, have they missed calls? Of course, uh, they always will. I mean, it's an impossible game to call. Uh, for the for the Rockets of all people to complain about calls, <laughs> I, I can't. I cannot get on board with that, James. You know. I mean, I, I give James Harden credit. He's one of the great players in our league and has been. And But he, he probably is the most skilled at drawing fouls that aren't fouls of anybody I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, that's to his credit, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I just don't buy, uh, you know, all the complaints of officiating. And I, I think reading a lot of the blogs and, and the different, uh, you know, ESPN, different things, I think a lot of people are, kind of like what we've talked about, just getting sick of all the constant whining on every call from every player. And uh, it, it seems like since since that, you know, one game uh, with the Warriors and Rockets, it uh, seemed like things have been better. But, but I, I like I say, I, I mean, I, I, th I think the best teams win the game, most games. That's where it's always been. The officials miss calls. Sometimes they miss more on one side than the other. But uh, – 
at the end of it, if the Warriors win, it's because they're better. I would agree 100%. And, I mean, what we're seeing here is is finally it kind of feels like the NBA is, or the officials, are are calling the game like it should be called more than they have been calling the game, which is it's always weird to me how the playoffs, the, the entire league kind of shifts and the game is called almost completely different than it is in the regular season. Uh, when you're watching Harden do these kickouts, I mean, those are pretty clear fouls, aren't they? They're clear fouls on him most of the time where uh, you've got to give somewhere, someone a, a spot to land, but you don't have to give him like a like an eight-foot circle. You don't give him 12 feet, do you? Yeah, you know, you, you don't have to. I mean, at some point, what's a defender to do? I mean, you know, as he leaves his feet, he, he's not allowed to move six foot six inches forward, and the offensive player can move six feet forward. And obviously something's wrong with that theory. And and with James, uh, you know, he's no different than a lot of great offensive players who've learned to kind of work the system, you know, and probably all sports. But I, I think he also, you know, his drives to the basket, he's got a real ability to always lean in on the defender when the defender really has not has not done anything <laughs> other than, you know, moving his body along a side, and then James will kind of uh, get his body and get the foul. And, and to me, that, that honestly uh, – they're starting to let some of that go, and, and and I couldn't agree with you more. How, you know, things the officiating during the playoffs does change. It always has, really, and it always changes a little bit. I think regular season in the last five or six minutes of the game, and I think the good teams and the good players understand that that's kind of it. I mean, should it be? I, I don't want to. I can't make a case on that. I just know what it, you know. The reality that's the way it is. That it gets a little more physical. Uh, they they let players play a little more, and uh, and you know let the you know let the big boys be big boys. I agree. At some point, you got to let them play, and and I don't want to see a game that is constantly marred by uh, the stops and goes that we've seen. Um, you know, I've been vocal about not particularly liking James Harden's style of play. I, I respect that he is an incredible talent that he does things that uh, that are almost shocking. I mean, the way he's able to shoot the three ball is one thing, um, but the way he goes into like slow motion going down the key and everyone just kind of gets out of the way because they're worried they're going to get a foul call. To me, it's really interesting to watch how he's officiated, to watch how he plays the game, to watch how uh, he's been so successful. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I, I don't really feel that bad watching him lose a game here or there uh, in the playoffs, um, because the officials call the game how I would how I would prefer to call it, which is straight up. You know, if a, if it's a foul, it's a foul. I'm okay with that. If it's not a foul, Jer, I, you know, just keep playing. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 where I am on it. I mean, I I know he's a great player, and and you know, any way you want to officiate the game, he's probably a 28 to 30 point a game score, which is elite. Puts him in an elite category, but. But I've always said I think he's one of those guys that seems to be able to work the system for an extra four or five points that that most of the, if not all the other great players can't do, and I so I, I've got a little bit of a problem with that uh, to some degree. But uh, you know it does seem like it. That's what's hurt him in the playoffs. I think over the years, you know, it's like well it gets tougher, and uh, you know uh, most of the true greats we've seen over the years they actually get better. 
uh, quite honestly, he hasn't for the most part. So maybe, maybe there's a message there too. All right, Jerry, let's shift gears and talk about Kings. Um, Sacramento Kings, of course, we're in the dog days of, of summer already, even though it's not even summer yet. Uh, and it's going to be a different offseason because the Kings don't have a first-round draft pick. So that's going to take away from some of the excitement of this of this offseason. Um, but it sort of started with a bang. The offseason started with a bang. Uh, Dave Yeager and uh, it appears his staff, I'm not sure how many are left of his staff, if any, at this point. I don't think we've really been able to get a straight answer on that one. Um, but uh, Dave Yeager was let go right at the end of the season. Um, and I, I guess we'll start there. Um, you've been around the game long enough. Uh, you've had every role imaginable with the Sacramento Kings, uh, from general manager to head coach to assistant coach. Um, what is, what do you think he did right? And what do you think he did wrong? And I, I guess the biggest question, Jerry, uh, do, do you think he probably should have got another year or was this one of those things where uh you don't want a lame duck coach and you weren't sure if that's the guy you wanted to go forward with for the next three or four years so if you had to extend him or let him go uh that's the decision that you made was to was to cut uh ties with him and and, i mean where are you at with this one yeah you know and you hit on all of it there i mean i think with at some point, uh, you, you know, you and I are basically, of course, you, you probably are in the locker room and privy to more than I am, uh, for that matter. But uh, I thought Dave did an awfully, you know, I thought uh, utilizing his young talent, especially De'Aaron Fox and, and uh, the uh, the type of game that he put in this year that really utilized their ability about as well as it could have could have been, I thought was a, a real, you know, a real bright spot. Uh, uh, you know, some of the the negatives, I, I and you know, and I was, and I had to this in the past. I, I just was disappointed that they didn't try to win every game they could win at the end of the season. You know, I know it. People say, well, it didn't mean anything. Well, it did mean something to me. You know, it, and I think a lot of Kings fans and and all. You know, if you can win forty one, you ought to win forty one. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, uh, especially to roll to roll over like the team did in, in its last home game. I thought was an embarrassment and 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 really. Not saying that Dave Dave deserves some of the blame for that, uh, just like any coach does. Uh, certainly, players deserve most of it, I think. And then, then of course, the Portland game when they weren't even trying to win, uh, and, and the Kings found a way to make them win. Uh, <laughs> you know that that's that, that's that. So the the but I think the key part is it's 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 the the dynamic needs to be good between coach and general manager and the leader of the franchise and that's that body and, and evidently there were issues there that he perceived uh you know with some of the players as, as well as himself and at some point uh you've got to trust who's running the franchise i've always said you know you need uh one of the reasons the kings had such a great run back in the early 2000s was the the relationship between jeff petrie and rick adelman and you know we we'd never had one that good before, and certainly haven't had one that good since. And and you know that's what you're hoping for is at some point everybody is on the same page. You know, and you and I have talked about this, and I've always said my my philosophy has always been you're never going to have a consistently good team on the floor till you have a good team off the floor. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that probably was not not the case here yet. You know, I, what do you think his legacy is as the the coach? I mean, clearly he he took on a team that 
Um, I, I've talked about this in the past. It's Darren Collison, Ty Lawson, uh, Aaron Aflalo, Ben McLemore. Um, I, I, let's see, at the small forward position, you had <laughs> Rudy Gay, Omri Caspi, Matt Barnes. At the power, you had uh, Anthony Tolliver. You had DeMarcus Cousins. You had Willie Cauley-Stein. You had Costa Kufis. And then you fast forward not even a year, and that entire roster, uh, with except for maybe a handful of dudes, it is gone completely. The next season, you're starting over with just, you know, eight or nine players on rookie scale deals. Uh, but what we saw was the winningest season of Kings basketball since I think it's the 2005 06 season. Uh, so there yeah. has to be some pluses and there has to be some minuses. So what is your, when you look at the three years of Dave Yeager, what would his legacy be in your mind? Would be, I'll tell you this. Uh, here's what I would tell any, if there's a general manager or president would ask my opinion about hiring Dave Yeager, I'd say, hey, uh, Dave Yeager is a competent, proven NBA coach. You know, he, he'll walk into any situation and uh, he, he'll try to find a way to utilize the players as best they can be utilized. Not saying he won't make mistakes, but, but you, you'll get a competent coach. Will you get the next Greg Popovich? Uh, probably not. Uh, but, uh, and, and I think... Honestly, probably Dave's one of those guys that would be is overall better with more veteran players. You know, uh, give him a team with a with a uh, you know more proven veteran guys. Uh, you know, I, I think he'd even have more success. So, I guess in, in a nutshell, I, I he was you know he's one of the best coaches in the history of the Sacramento Kings. Probably you could make a case other than uh, Rick Adelman, he may very well have been the best. Uh, but it's also true is what the Kings, you know, are looking for is maybe the next Rick Adelman, <laughs> you know. That's, yeah. And 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 I don't th- I don't think there's anything unfair about that. It's no different than than uh, you know trying to get Harrison Barnes instead of Amon Shumpert. Well, Shumpert's a player. He's an NBA player. But uh, you know uh, the Kings felt that hey we need somebody better and Harrison Barnes is better and he is better. Uh, that's. Uh, you know that's a reality. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that uh, Shump is not an NBA player because he clearly is, and deserves to play in the league. And I think with Dave, uh, you know Dave Yeager, he's a he's an NBA coach and he's proven that he is and, and deserves another chance. All right, you talk about a guy who deserves another chance or who's getting another chance. Uh, whether he deserves another chance, I think is something that has to be. I sort of sifted over, over, I mean, it's a complicated one, Jerry. I don't know what to make of this. Uh, the Luke Walton situation, um, you know, clearly he's an up-and-coming coach, you think, um, but there's nothing to say that he is for sure. He clearly, uh, I mean, he posted the same exact record that Dave Yeager did over the last three years, which I think is 98 and 149, something like that, uh, identical records. Um, but he's a guy that has some some uh, long-term relationships with Vlade Divac. Um, but now he's got a, sort of a dark cloud hanging over him. Um, where are you at with the Luke Walton hiring? I mean, I think if it were just Luke Walton was let go of the Los Angeles Lakers and you signed him up uh, two days later, that's one thing. But uh, this thing has kind of gone a different direction and a little, a little awkward. Uh, to say no, the least. No, yeah, no question. Yeah, no question. It, it's really uh, disappointing, obviously, uh, the way the whole thing 
has come about, you know, and put a cloud over the entire franchise here for a while, and, and particularly and most mostly Luke. Uh, you know, as you said, I mean, hiring Luke as quickly as a body did, uh, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I probably would have, if I, my advice had been asked or something, I might have said, you know, always take more time. Uh, patience is virtue in, in, in all areas. But, uh, you know, th- there was a, those two guys have a relationship and kind of goes back to what I was saying about Adelman and and, uh, and Jeff Petrie, you know, and I, and I think that, you know, that, can't be understated you know so there was a real comfort zone with those two guys and Blondie felt felt uh, rightly or wrongly felt that this was the guy that could could take where, where this team was and make them better and could go forward for a number of years now uh, and that may all been true uh, we, we, we can't know that for a while as far as just the basketball part but this other part obviously you know it's just uh, it's very depressing you know what you don't want to if you're a Kings fan, you, you don't want to believe that any part of it's true. Uh, but it's also, you can't be naive and, uh, and, and not, uh, not be fair. So I don't know what the, you know, how it all going to play out. To, but if in fact, uh, there's a, a hint of guilt, uh, you know, I, I just don't know if you can move forward. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think, uh, we're in a situation here where, we're going to have to wait and see, and I think clearly the legal process is going to take longer uh, than than just this summer, and I hope that uh, that the Kings are right with what they're doing, um, and there is very possible that they aren't, and that they've made a poor decision, and they've stuck with that poor decision, and it could come back to bite them really badly in the future. Uh, I think the one thing we've, we've seen a couple of assistant coaches uh, come through for some interviews, uh, specifically, I know Jeff Hornacek was through for a, uh, for a, like a lead assistant job. I think that that's a good idea to surround Luke Walton either way to surround Luke Walton with the best possible coaching staff. Uh, and, and I think that that's, it's a good way to handle your situation if you are going to press forward with him, which it does appear like they're going to do. Um, I, I guess if Jeff Hornacek was a guy that was added to the bench, uh, you've you've known Horny for a long time. What are your thoughts on Hornacek? Well, I think he's a terrific offensive basketball coach. I really think uh, there's a guy, you know, when uh, when he's at Phoenix and got a fair shot, uh, you know, he, his team's overachieved and and you know, not I don't know that anybody su- could succeed in Phoenix the way things have been going recently. <laughs> and then of course New York. I don't we we didn't even have to talk about that, do we? No, but. Uh, you know, but no, I think he'd be a terrific choice on on several levels. Let's just say, you know, and I think uh, whoever uh, Luke and Bloody hire, I think his first couple of assistants uh, should be guys that, quite honestly, if things go badly, you've got guys in place that could one of them could be the head coach, with, mm-hmm. and 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 would uh, people could be be confident in. So, you know, so and certainly Hornacek. Uh, would would fill that bill he'd be not saying there's not others but but uh you know i i don't think there's anybody in the league that doesn't think you know much that that he's a proven competent nba coach yeah i i would agree i think if you're going to go down this route you better surround him with at least one guy with full head coaching experience and uh and maybe even multiples um i think that would be a good idea yeah, I, that'd be my thought, uh, James, and maybe even a couple. Uh, yeah. Just so you know, you 
you know, it's it's like it's, if there's ever time to do uh, maybe go the extra mile and do 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 diligence, it might be now, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right, Jerry, I don't want to keep you all day, but uh, how does this team get better? How does this team get better in the off season? Uh, we've heard a couple of names mentioned. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, guys like yeah. Nikola Vucevic, uh, we've heard DeAndre Jordan's name floated about. How does this team get better? Well, of course, either one of those guys, either one makes the team better, I think, differently uh, and at different costs. <laughs> yes. Probably. Yes. So, you know, you, you have to you have to sort that all out. But I, I think, you know, with Jordan, I think there's something left in the tank. Is he what he was three years ago? Probably not. But can he protect the rim? Uh, yeah, can he defensively rebound? Oh boy! Uh, so he gives you, uh, and and with a group of scorers, I think he's proven again through his career that uh, he fits in well with really good offensive players, which the Kings have. Mm-hmm. So that part's good. And Vucevic, uh, you know, he, he no question he makes you better because he he's a guy who can score and rebound every night. Uh, you know, he's not a great defender, but he will rebound every night, and and he can stretch and open the floor up, uh, you know, for, for other offensive players. So now you're going to, you're going to have to pay him a lot to get him if you can get him. And I, you know, my, my feeling is that I'd be surprised Orlando lets him go. You know, they they ended well. And of course uh, he's their best player. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but you're right. I mean, you, this team, and I've just spoke to a few fan groups kind of things that, that my feeling is that, if you just bring back the exact same roster, uh, don't don't think you're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I just don't think there's there's that's you could, but don't count on that. Yeah, this team needs to upgrade uh, needs to upgrade itself in talent, and and I'm one that's kind of glad the Kings don't have a first round pick because getting another 19 year old guy, you know, middle of the draft or something is probably not going to going to float the boat much. Uh, you know, it's probably a case where this, if there's ever a team that needs, you know, a proven veteran, doesn't have to be old, but a proven veteran or two to add to it in certain spots uh, could, could really, uh, it could make a difference, a legit difference. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, for me, it, it really, DeAndre Jordan is is what you always hoped that Willie Cauley-Stein would become and didn't become. And I think Vucevic is uh, just the modern day, much better version of Brad Miller. Uh, maybe not quite the basketball IQ of a Brad Miller, maybe not quite as tough, but certainly the passing ability, the long range shooting ability, the ability to rebound. Uh, I mean, I think he brings a lot of things to the table that could really help this team. And I, I for one, I think there would be a little bit of an issue playing with the same pace that the Kings play with, but Having him as a trailer to run a high post offense to me makes so much sense with Bagley down low, uh, and I really do think that there's a way that that could work out really well for the Sacramento Kings. Oh, oh yeah, you know, I mean, to me, you can just visualize it with him, as you pointed out. You know, as a trailer, high screen, he's he really can shoot the three ball. He's a good passer, uh, and then plus, you know, not just Willie. Or excuse me, not not just Bagley, who's terrific, but but Harrison Barnes is a really good post up player. Yeah, you've got both forwards that could post up underneath and flash post them especially. And and I, so, you know, I mean, you know, just the old old coach in me, I guess, is in. You could see where that be be a lot of tough covers out there, a lot of tough covers. Uh, yeah, you know, but 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 as we both know, you know, the 
the money thing does enter into it because it, this is a guy that you're going to have to commit, uh, you know, a, 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 a franchise. Get that. So uh, it all has to be kind of factored in because I, I think if, you know, if, if you go another way, you might be able to, to get two players that would have an impact and maybe that helps you even more differently, you know? So no, it's very that's, true. Uh, that's why, you know, here again, it's a huge summer for obviously just the, the coaching situation we're talking about needs to get resolved hopefully uh, sooner than later and positively if possible. And then, uh, you know, Vladi's got a, a really the upgrade. Uh, uh, and, and then you could really start the season, uh, chirping you know and that's what I, i'm good at i'm a front runner and i want to be able to front run <laughs> that's right yeah um yeah I, I just i'm intrigued i'm intrigued to see uh if it were a guy like vucevic all those shooters around him i think is something he never had in orlando and i think his assist numbers could even go higher uh i'm excited to see if luke walton is the coach his style of play with shooters because again uh, the Los Angeles Lakers did not have the shooters that the Kings have. And I really think that is a huge deal. And I think his, his offense could be extremely potent with, uh, with the group of players that the Kings have, and especially with some additions. So, uh, Jerry, it's going to be a fun off season. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it won't just be uh, second round picks rolling through town and then not a whole lot of action. Like what we've seen in certain years, it, it seems like this is a year to uh, to strike while, while the iron is hot, and uh, hopefully we'll have some exciting basketball to cover next year. Well, I sure hope so, and I, I think so. And I'd say it's just obviously some of these things that we, we can't possibly know how they're going to play. But the basketball part obviously be a real real important year for Vladi and Page and the guys to, uh, you know, to, to add to this roster because, you, you know, these young guys that they have – I, I think the likelihood they're all going to continue to get better. We don't know how much better, but uh, just normal improvement with the key guys and, and adding some guys to the mix, uh, it could really be a fun year. And 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 right now with the mess, kind of the, the coaching mess, we all need a fun year to look forward to. That's right. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider podcast on NBC Sports California brought to you by Wendy's. Thank you to the legendary Jerry Reynolds for joining the show. Jerry, we're going to do this again. I'm going to drag you back out this summer. We'll do this again, all right? I uh, can't wait. I always love talking to you and talking basketball. I mean, I, that's your, you're one of the highlights for me, which maybe shows you what kind of summer I'm actually having or going to have. You're one of the highlights, huh? <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> no, all the best, James. I love it. All right. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in, tuning in, Kings fans. All right, you've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.
To protect your fleet and your reputation, there's the Michelin Agilis Cross Climate Tire, Michelin's most durable, heavy-duty, commercial light truck tire ever. Visit business.michelinman.com slash professional services to outfit your fleet.